Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. All right, friends, welcome back. I am very excited because today we have a special guest on the episode, Madeline Centron. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Thank you. So everyone, Madeline is actually one of our interns in the Not Your Average Law Firm. She's been working on some fun projects for us. And so I thought it would be a fun interview to come on and talk about them. Are you super excited? Have you been on a podcast before? <laughs> no, I never have. <laughs> well, this could be your future career. You never know. You go from law school to podcasting. So as we get started, tell everyone a little bit about um, what, where you are in law school, what year you are, what you're working on, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Currently I'm a rising 2L. So I'll be starting my second year of law school in the fall and then I'll have two years left. I'm currently working for you over the summer. I'm working on worker classification documents and some LLC formation documents. Beautiful. Well, we are super excited to have you working with us. Um, so, okay, these projects we've had you working on, we're going to talk about, we're going to do two different episodes. Okay, so, but just broadly speaking, what have they been like in comparison to like your law school work? I would say the research is a lot different because on Westlaw, I was really used to looking at cases. And right. while I am looking at cases for you, I'm also using the practical law feature a lot more. So I'm actually seeing like, the actual statutes and the law itself and how it's been interpreted from a different perspective rather than just being like old cases from the 1800s or 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like reading like really old kids. I was so, oh, this is funny, Madeline, you'll get a kick out of this. No one else is going to know what I'm talking about. Um, my husband and I, the very first, my husband and I have been together now for 10 years. The very first night we hung out. So for context, my husband is also an attorney. He's nine years older than me. It was my first week of law school and I was reading Pinoyer VNF and he came over to my apartment <laughs> and he like helped me understand it. Isn't that funny? <laughs> so yes. this is, I mean, that case, I don't even know that case is like, isn't it about like rail railways or something in like the 1800s? I don't even remember. Yeah. It's an old case. Yeah. It's the, yeah. Yeah. Wacky and wild. Um, <laughs> I just remember being so, so confused when I read it. I had no idea what was happening. All right. So you've been working on a couple different projects. The first one, the one that we're going to talk about on this episode is the state that we had you create. We're calling it a state by state contractor classification cheat sheet. That's a mouthful, right? <laughs> yeah. So when I gave you this project, did you even have like at first, did you have an, like any idea that this was even like an issue? No, I had no idea this was a thing. I mean, it makes sense once you say it, because I've been like a contractor for as like an employment before my life and then right. versus an employee, but I never really thought about the legal idea behind it. Yeah. Is employment law required at your law school? I'm assuming not. No, it's not required, but it is like a big thing at our school. We have like a whole certificate program for employment law. So Oh, nice. Nice. We, so at my law school, employment law was not required and it's also not tested on the California bar. So unless you wanted to be an employment attorney, like you, there's really no reason to take it. So coming into my line of work, like this was all totally new to me. For those of you that are listening, 
you've if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've heard me talk about this topic, but we're talking about the the key question here. So us legal people would say like the thing at issue, right? The issue is, can someone legally be a contractor or do they have to be an employee? And that's a very legally loaded question, right? And unfortunately, the rules for the most part, well, yeah, the rules are pretty much different in every state, but states generally follow some kind of guidelines. So Madeline's task was to actually research what the rules were in each state. So what were some of the common like themes that you found, like through lines through the states? I mean, it's not true for every state, but I think a lot of the states that I was looking at, they are being a little more assuming that you're going to start as an employee. So it's kind of safer to have someone as an employee if you are kind of like on the line and not sure. Yeah. It feels like, it just feels like a lot of the states are trying to protect employees now. I know not every state is doing that, but yeah. Yeah. Protect like work. We always say like protect workers, right? Cause it's yeah, like the neutral sense. term. Um, yeah. So you got to look at like, dig into our lovely ABC test, right? Did I have you read my very fun um, AB5 blog? I think I did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, for the listeners, you can find that at notabglaw.com forward slash. Oh God. What did I make it? It's not AB5 anymore. We'll just have to put the link in the show notes. We have, I have some, I have a really, really, really big blog post that I worked on recently all about this specific issue. So we'll link that in the show notes. So how many of the states, because more than California uses the ABC test, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I think Is it like more did. than half? Um, yeah, I would say slightly more than half, I would think. At least 50% were using the ABC test. Yeah, I think the last time I looked, I just Googled like, I Googled like how many states use the ABC test. And I think it was around 30, if that sounds right. Okay. Yeah, so, that sounds about right. Um, do you remember what the ABC test is? <laughs> but I don't know how it's off the top of my head right now. That's okay. That's okay. I I know it. Um, because your task wasn't really maybe we'll have you do maybe we'll have you do that next. See if you can find some case law on um people who've actually gone to court over the ABC test to see if we have any more terp interpretations of like what part B means. Because really, mm -hmm. we just had you look to see which test is applicable in each state. So the big issue is that part B of the test says that you cannot have someone as an independent contractor if they provide services that are, quote unquote, within the usual course of your business, right? So that's tricky. Um, lawyers are often excluded. But like Madeline, you this actually this is probably not something I should say on the podcast, but I will anyway. <laughs> like you're not a lawyer yet, right? Yeah. And I'm hiring you to write blog posts and do projects for our business. So like, is that within the usual course of my business? Do we fail the ABC test? Probably. Right. But we have a lot of exceptions. So it's, um, it's dicey. So what are some of the other tests you found in other states? Um, so that some of the other states will assume that the person is a contractor and it's up to the worker to prove that they were meeting the requirements of an employee, which puts the burden on them rather than on the employer. Yeah. Yeah. So I think under the ABC test, the assumption is that someone is an employee unless the business can prove they should be a contractor. And under yeah. the non-ABC test states, it's flipped, which is good for business. Do you remember, so I have our um, state-by-state state classification cheat sheet in front of me. 
I think it'd be fine if we just clicked on a few random states and looked at them. Do you remember any states in particular being like interesting or just like quirky or different or weird? I think California and Florida were very opposite, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. Well, California is the strictest. <laughs> the thing about, okay, so the thing about California is, and I may not have, you probably didn't look into this as much because this is it's my home state. I've already done all the research in California. California mm -hmm. has a lot more exceptions for the ABC test, but our governor signed like millions of dollars over into enforcement of our contractor law. So that's actually why it's a big deal here because the state is proactively auditing people for this. Mm -hmm. Yikes. Well, let's look at Florida. Okay. So I'm going to click on it. So I, we have our yeah. cheat sheet open. We have a table of contents with each state. So Florida. All right. You wrote common law they use a totality of the circumstances test can you explain to the audience in your own words what a totality of the circumstances test is do you know yeah i'll do my best okay <laughs> you can correct me if you need to um so totality of the circumstances instead of just considering one factor to consider if the worker is an employee or a contractor they're going to consider everything that is part of the test equally to determine nothing is going to weigh more than another factor yeah well sometimes like sometimes yeah okay. that's mostly right i think it would depend it would probably depend on the test in question but i have always explained it as some factors may weigh more than other factors it just mm -hmm. kind of depends um like there's almost always a right to control factor right like the control and direction factor and that one mm -hmm. may weigh more than another factor if that makes sense okay yeah i guess that makes sense but no factor is determinative it's right. just they yeah. have a slightly more weight than the other factors yeah no one factor is determinative so i would almost look at it as like if there's like 10 so let's say there's 10 factors this is a very mm -hmm. weird analogy but let's assume there are 10 factors and each one of them like actually has a weight like a literal weight to it like we put it on a scale and it has a weight factor one might like weigh five pounds and factors two, three, and four weigh three pounds. And then the mm -hmm. other six factors each weigh six pounds. And then it's like, we're literally looking at the scales of justice. And then as we're weighing the factors, we're going to put the weights in each one. So you could have factor one, five pounds in column A, and then all the other factors in column B, and then those would outweigh factor one. But then like factor one plus two and three might like outweigh the other seven factors together. Isn't that wild? That's a good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing, because the, the, the way I explain it is, um, this is why like legal professor, I feel like professors and bar exams love to, um, love to test on these kind of totality of the circumstances tests, because it just comes down to like legal. You just have to make a lot of legal arguments. <laughs> just weighing all the factors and that's what lawyers get paid to do okay so florida's a um totality of the circumstances test they apply a multi-factor test looking at the extent of control that the master has over the details of the person's work master i feel like is a very old-timey word i'm assuming that came directly from there it was directly from the statue i was directly right, yeah. from their statue. So they still have that in there yeah um, whether the person is engaged in a distinct occupation or business, like what the fuck does that even mean? We have like, we could go look at that, whether the person's occupation is usually done without supervision and the relevant locality. So these are all, here's the thing. The, and this is what I feel like people pay us to do, right? Is 
people could look at this and kind of agonize over each of these factors. But broadly mm -hmm. speaking, if someone came to me, I would say like Florida is a fairly conservative state. They're probably a pretty pro-business state. And it's going to be the contractor's burden to prove that mm -hmm. you don't meet all these factors. So unless they very obviously should be an employee, like you're probably fine. That's what I would think too. Yeah. 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 Um, so what I'm actually going to be doing, Madeline, like my big project is taking this, all this research that you did and mm -hmm. boiling it down into just like a single like sentence or two for each like state, mm -hmm. basically, because let's look at, I think it was Illinois. Um, did it confuse you beyond belief when you started to find that their um, different states apply different tests to different areas of the employment code? Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like that's why you need lawyers, though, <laughs> because right. they decide to make the law so complicated. Right, because we have in Illinois, which is, are you from Illinois? No, I'm actually, I was a military frat, so I moved around a lot. Oh, okay. I just okay, got gotcha. Illinois law school. <laughs> nice. Um. So Illinois in particular, they use, for workers' comp purposes, they use the right to control test. Um, for wage and hour laws, they use the six factors test. Jesus Christ. For unemployment insurance, they use the ABC test. And then for anti-discrimination laws, they use the right to control test. They're using three different tests for four different areas of the employment code. Yeah. So I don't, did you think about, as you were doing this project, did you think about like, well, how does this actually practically work? Yeah, so a little bit. So I was thinking that if someone was actually trying to apply this to every area, I feel like their only option would be to apply the most strict test and have to make the decision based on that. Yes, I agree. Um, I agree like 90% of the way. So this is something mm -hmm. I've been, okay. I've been trying to find other attorneys that actually handle this and I can't find mm -hmm. any because what I'm finding is that all the people who know these laws are all the plaintiff's attorneys that sue the businesses. Okay. <laughs> and then business attorneys, I feel like business attorneys don't really know it. So then generally you'd recommend that people go to HR experts and they should be well-versed in the law, but I don't think they like look at it this granularly. Mm -hmm. What I've kind of wrestled with is, so here's a fun thing for us to kind of note. In California, before we had AB5, so in 2018, we had a Supreme Court case that is what ended up applying the ABC test to our wage and hour laws. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I didn't really know what that meant, but I had to research it a lot. And basically, it meant that like if someone was working over so wage and hour laws for everyone listening it, those are the laws that govern like how much you have to get paid if you work overtime when you get lunch breaks what minimum wages all that kind of stuff and i eventually kind of just deduced or figured out well you're only really going to have an issue with the abc test if you're breaking any of those laws does it make sense yeah that makes sense so like if our minimum wage is $15 an hour and you pay your contractors $30 an hour and they never work like a period of time more than is required to take a lunch break, then you're never really going to have an issue. So even if they are not meeting the ABC test, it only applies to wage and hour laws and they're not going to sue you because you haven't like had any wage and hour issues. So okay. in that case, it's like, well, maybe it's okay to go ahead and have them as contractors. Okay. 
But then we had AB5 passed, which applied the ABC test to all of these different areas of employment law. So I would say that's an example of where maybe you wouldn't have to apply the strictest test. But in Illinois, I said the ABC test applies to unemployment insurance, right? Okay. Do you know anything about unemployment, insur unemployment insurance yet? No, based on what I was looking, I think you just, the employer has to pay a monthly amount to somewhere for their employees in case they file for unemployment insurance. Yeah. So this is, um, my friend Kira, my HR friend, if she's listening, shout out Kira, but I feel like her and I need to sit down and have a meeting about this to really discuss the practicality of it. I feel like she's kind of over it because she doesn't like to get into the weeds as much as I do, but I feel like I... I feel like I have to, because when people ask me, I'm like, I, you need to know, like, you need to know all this all stuff. The yeah. So unemployment insurance, though, is paid through payroll. So like when I put uh, when I hire a new employee, I have to put them on payroll. They fill out, you know, the W-9 for tax withholdings and all that bullshit. <laughs> and to my understanding, if any listeners have any information differently, you can let me know. But to my understanding, the only way to to pay into unemployment insurance is through payroll. So basically in the state of Illinois, the ABC test applies to unemployment insurance. And if, what am I trying to say here? I lost my train of thought. Basically, if someone fails the ABC test, they have to be an employee and then they have to be on a payroll. And if someone is on payroll, they are an employee. So therefore they're an employee for all circumstances. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when I go through and do the summary guide, basically, I'm just going to say like in Illinois, the only thing that matters is the ABC test. That makes sense because the other <laughs> tests are Yeah. Which kind of in a way like uh, erases like 75% of the work that you did on that state. But that's, you know, that's in other states, it might be a little bit different. Um, okay. I feel like that's all we really need to talk about for this episode. Obviously, our title for the episode was a little bit misleading, so I apologize to everyone for that. I titled it, Do You Have to Have uh, Hire Employees in Your State? Madeline and I are not going to sit here and go through all 50 states. She's not going to do that. Um, <laughs> Madeline, I hope you don't mind. Were you excited <laughs> for that? <laughs> Darn, I really wanted to. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, maybe next time. Instead, what we're going to do is, Madeline, I'm actually... so. This episode is not going to release for like six weeks, so I have plenty of time. I'm going to be summarizing the document more to make it a little bit easier for our audience to digest. And then all of you can actually buy the, buy access to the document for $10. It's a low ticket thing. You can buy access to the document. Once you get it, you can just click on your state. So go to Illinois. You would get that like three sentence synopsis from me. Like in Illinois, the only thing we really care about is the ABC test because of an unemployment insurance. Florida uses a more lax test. You get the picture. And then what's important is that you need to know what the test is in any state in which you're hiring people. That's all that really matters. So Madeline is in Illinois. So I would need to know the Illinois test for Madeline. I have team members in Delaware, Florida, New Jersey, North Carolina, South Carolina. So those are all the tests that are relevant to me. So you can download the cheat sheet. It'll be at www.notavglaw.com forward slash cheat sheet. And we'll link that in the show notes. Uh, anything else you want to add, Madeline? No, that's good. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you um, for coming on and helping me work through this beautiful, lovely topic. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.